Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everybody out there in the podcast listening world, whatever time you are actually choosing to listen to this. For me, it's another brisk, wintry morning up here in northern Michigan. And, you know, I kind of woke up, I looked at the calendar, February 29th, and I figured, hey, maybe a leap year show, you know, it only happens once every four years, so we might as well kick one off. I got a few announcements and cool stuff coming up, so I figured, you know, it might be a good time to do a solo show. It's been a little while. I've been filling in sort of the solo show gaps uh, over there on the old Patreon page, trying to you know, get a few fun things started and and kind of develop that. It's been a wonderful tool to sort of keep this podcast going uh, as far as the, the monetary support and everything, but it's really uh, something that I've kind of, I've wanted to delve into, but I didn't know how. And so a few weeks ago, I started doing sort of these solo shows that are essentially less based around just the sailing aspects and and all that and really getting into more of the day-to-day of trying to grow this sailing into oblivion sort of company i guess uh which encompasses you know everything from from adventures to repairing and maintaining sparrow to also the books and all the other content creation that goes into kind of having i hate to say brand but it's a brand now um i don't know to just keep everything rolling and building so that at some point i i can just kind of do this and keep that going and put all of my efforts into all of this. So with the with the Patreon group, a big thanks to everybody who who has been supporting for so long. It's really really quite phenomenal and I do appreciate it. And if anybody out there listening feels like, "Oh, maybe maybe I'll do that too." You can just follow the link in the description. In the coming months, one of the things that I'd like to do, and this was mentioned to me by a good friend of mine Jason Nellis, who has the Jason Nellis show, his own podcast which is well-produced, very, very smart. He had the last one was uh, one of the founders or one of the first members on the Hulu team. It was really, really a good, good interview. Um, So check that show out. But essentially he was, he was mentioning, you know, you just try new things with, with the whole Patreon thing. And he had talked about doing a possible like once a month, sort of a live stream Q and a sort of discussion and, you know, for an hour or two, just live stream and be able to answer people's questions, maybe have a few topics set up. So we're going to try and work on doing something like that. It may come out that we do the first installment of that in March, uh, but more likely it's going to be April because March is going to be a whirlwind for your old pal Jay Rome over here. It's uh, starting essentially next week. We kick things right off, and it's going to be pretty interesting, and we'll 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 get into some of that. But yeah, I just kind of felt like today would be a good day to have a little solo show and uh, celebrate the end of February. The weather up here, I literally I'm I'm sunburnt because 
The day before yesterday, it was 67 degrees here in the great part of northern Michigan that I am currently residing, and that's unreal. I'm pretty sure it was a record, uh, record high uh, all time, and normally February is the bleakest of bleak, the coldest of cold. Uh, We typically get a little January thaw, and then February smacks everybody right back into the realities of winter this far north above the 45th parallel, and this year we really have not gotten that snow. Now, I do realize after watching a video this morning about the reservoirs out in California and the droughts and all that sort of stuff and how that's essentially been completely turned around and a lot of those reservoirs are now above 90% full, which is absolutely staggering. I mean, they've been getting walloped by storm after storm after storm, tons of rain, even Death Valley, according to this video, and who knows, uh, has a lake in it and a lake has been there for multiple months which is highly unusual. The snowpack all around from north to south is really, really big. So they're expecting essentially a replenishment of a lot of these reservoirs that were so far gone and people were really in panic mode. I mean, they were in extreme drought for many, many years. And, you know, Mother Nature has a way of balancing things out. You know, if you think of the hurricane season, that's a, a really great way to cool off a lot of our oceans is have hurricanes roll over them and rain down and evaporation. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever been through one, but it's you can be in the Caribbean. It should be 80-something degrees, and a hurricane starts blowing through, and it's kind of chilly. Uh, it's definitely usually in the 60s or even cooler and with all that, that fresh water and rain coming down. and has a tendency to cool things off a little bit. So there's a big balancing effect. Now, again, I am not a meteorologist, uh, but I've dealt with a lot of weather. And I'll never forget that squall, that one really bad one in the doldrums. And holy cow, temperature change. I got stuck outside in the cockpit for two hours in just a pair of boxer shorts. And it was so cold. I was absolutely shivering by the end of that thing. And then when it passed... Temperatures shot up about 20 degrees, and then I was fine again. But it, it really hit home just how much of a temperature switch uh, happens when you have these big storms and everything. And, you know, this year with the El Nino kind of pushing everything south, they I, I think it's called the Pineapple Express, but all these, all these low-pressure systems went further south, so unusual areas got hit with lots more rain and all that. And so, I don't know. I, I see it as a bit of a balancing act. But if something's going to overweigh something else, up here in northern Michigan, we've had one of the crummiest little snow years uh, that we can remember. I was talking to a lady at the uh, gas station the other day, and she was kind of bummed out. She was like, my kids are so mad. <laughs> this was They only had one good snowstorm this whole winter, and you know, normally you need both hands to count. Uh, how many big, big snowfalls we've had. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we used to tons of snow days and all that sort of stuff, and we're north of the snow belt, which gets them all the time. So I don't know, kind of incredible, but I was I was actually pretty thankful. It was uh, when I got back up here, it was next to no snow at all, a couple days in the 50s, and then that day, 67, I almost brought the motorcycle out of the garage. That's how warm it was. Uh, I spent a lot of time outside, didn't have the sunscreen on. I should have paid the price on that one. 
A little bit sunburnt, a little bit red-faced, like Kinto, the snorkel king of Virgin Gorda, uh, used to call me the lobster man. Uh, Yeah, the sun doesn't like this old Irish skin, I guess, but regardless, uh, it's been, it was kind of cool to have a a stormy, snowy day come out once more and be able to just kind of not forget that it is winter, it is February, and, you know, I, I always thought about that. It's like a, a glimpse of the Ice Age. You know, to go back 15,000 years, and this is what it was like everywhere. It's crazy to think that. So, kind of cool. It's going to warm back up. This snow is not going to last because it's literally uh, only maybe three inches deep, and it's slowly, even the roads didn't really hold it much at all because they got so much radiant heat uh, just the other day. Ah, coffee. Oh, coffee. But enough of the weather, enough of the chit-chat, enough of that regular old stuff. Uh, quick quick plugs before we get into uh, all the North Sales stuff, the Ocean Research Project, Bitter End Trip, uh, Summer Trips, mental health, all that sort of stuff. We're going to get into a little bit of everything because I figure this would just be an update, uh, a kind of uh, state of the union, if you will, as we enter into a really, really busy March and what we're what we're trying to do. So uh, really quick, just to throw it all out there, obviously, Patreon family, love you guys. Thank you all so much for your continued support. If anybody wants to join that and start listening to some of the other shows that I'm doing, uh, head into the link in the description on that. We have also have the merch line that's always out there. We've got the PayPal, Venmo, uh, things for the one-time donations. That's all in the description of the episode. I'll throw in the books. We've got the first three of the children's books are out. And then I actually compiled all three of those into one larger book. And it's available on paperback. And it's available on Hardcover. I have not seen the hardcover yet. I've seen the paperback and it's pretty good. A couple little tweaks here and there always have to be done, but the uh, the hardcover for a children's book is going to be the one that uh, I would always recommend because it's just, you know, those they get beat up and you want them to last for a long time and the story is pretty good, I think, and the illustrations are fantastic. So link in the description for those. We've also obviously got Sailing Into Oblivion, the, the regular book that I wrote. Put those in there, and uh, I think that wraps it up pretty much. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're done with that. That is the uh, the plug. Oh, excuse me. Jeez. I, it's so funny. Every It seems like almost every time I... And maybe there's something in this cover on the microphone that I'm kind of allergic to, but I have to go and blow my nose now, so I'm not going to... Uh, make you listen to that. So I'm really quickly going to stop and restart again. Okay. That's better. Holy smokes. I'm, uh, aren't I nice to not, uh, make sure that you have to listen to a runny Northern Michigan nose, uh, being blown. Yikes. That sounds really scary. All those details. Yike. So I got a quote. This is big news, big news. So, uh, uh, many of you probably may know that, Oh, Mighty Sparrow wasn't able to go into the water this year. And one of the main reasons for that is the sales. The sales are absolutely just whipped beyond belief and not safe for offshore distance travel. Really not even uh, what I would consider great for coastal cruising at this point. And I was kind of in a pinch because they are expensive and 
although I have some really great connections, shout out to my brother Sven, shout out to Eric Wakefield over at North. The, you know, the fact is it's going to cost quite a bit to get them. So I've been working, I've been working hard, trying to make enough money so that I can do it. And, you know, even if I get discounts and things like that, it is going to, it's going to be a big purchase. I mean, it's essentially almost the same price as trying to drop a new engine in the boat. And I'm only looking for a mainsail and a staysail. And then obviously there is a cost for some of the used headsoles, jibs, drifters, spinnaker, all that sort of stuff. But I usually get those through bacon sales and buy them used because they get they get pretty rung through the ringer, if you will, on Old Mighty Sparrow. Because she's got that big, long bowsprit and I don't use furling gear, those sails are going up, down, up, down, up, down. And a lot of times they're going down, down, right into the sea just a little bit. And uh, then they get yanked in and lashed and all that sort of stuff. And it can be pretty brutal for them. So I peel through those suckers quite often. And I really don't want to deal with brand new crisp headsels. Uh, I would much rather be able to have a nice, soft, lightly used or mid-range used sail for that. And just have enough of them so that I can essentially uh, replace them when they need to be. Because I'll, I'll fix them. I'll fix them until the cows come home. But once they start tearing every single time I put them up there, there's uh, a, a limit to the passion I will have for said sales before they uh, hit the old uh, dumpster at that point. So I've thought every once in a while about seeing if anybody would want to use that material for making sort of uh, bags and things like that. Often thought a long time ago, I thought about doing that with the original main and staysail that are all beat up. And I still have them, so I don't know if anybody ever uh, has a connection with any of those companies that like to make unique uh, one-off bags out of sail material and would like to use a pair of sails that went around the world uh, without stopping, uh, just hit me up, you know, sailinginnewoblivion.com. I'll uh, definitely look that one up because, you know, I got to get rid of those. They're they're heavy and they they definitely, they're of no more use besides... Just me kind of looking at them. Although on a side note, it is kind of funny. I I did I watched a, a little documentary about Joshua Slocum the other day. And one of the neatest things that I saw in this was that there was an edition, a special edition of his book that, that was printed back in his day that actually includes a small piece of the mainsail, one of the many mainsails, because I think he replaced them a couple times, uh, from the spray. And yeah, it made me kind of think, holy smokes, uh, if I ever see one of those in a used bookstore, I'm definitely going to look at it, open it and see if it's in there. Cause that would be pretty, pretty neat to have his, not only a piece of his sale, but also his like signature and all that sort of stuff is on there. I mean, think of that. It's over a hundred years old. That's pretty darn cool. Um, yeah, so that was kind of neat, but so I don't know. I you know I don't think my sales are quite that uh, valuable by any means, but in any event, uh, so I finally reached out and kind of trying to do a little something as far as collaborating and working together because North Sales has a new product out, and I don't want to get too much into it because I don't know enough about it to really speak on it. But essentially, uh, it comes down to using more recycled materials. 
and uh, trying to cut down on the, I don't know, the environmental costs of the yachting industry a little bit and or the environmental impact uh, by utilizing stuff that's, uh, you know, not having to be brand spanking new. It can be utilized from from recycled materials and we're looking at a main and a staysail and we sort of got the initial quote and that's kind of it's good for me because I'm I'm someone who really really likes to have a said goal that I could actually like see and put into the future and then work towards uh, it just helps to kind of keep me caged up a little bit uh, in a good way where or maybe not caged up, but uh, you know, on the right track, get me right on the uh, on the rails, so to speak, and I can head towards it. Or if I am starting to fall behind, I can sort of uh, figure out a new a new method of getting there. And that kind of the collaboration part would be, you know, essentially uh, trying to record through different sort of content. Be via the podcast or doing some video clips and things like that of the actual build of the sales and how they're made and all the stuff that goes into it. And then also bending the sales, putting them on Sparrow, utilizing them on Sparrow, which leads us right into the next trip, which hopefully if, if the rails and the road point in the right direction and all the things come in line would happen this coming winter between the 2024 and 2025 uh, years. And essentially, one of the other programs that I reached out to, uh, because I'm trying to, I don't know, just trying to do something a little different than always alone, just me, I'll work and get the money and then spend the money and then go and do my thing. Because the last three years, although they've been quite an experience, they have been pretty brutal when it comes to uh, recouping and trying to actually make something of of said trips. And I don't want to keep doing that. You know, you, you can screw up enough times or or not succeed. I should say you should you you won't reach your goal enough times, and you can keep trying, or you can also try and reassess, reevaluate, and sort of change the game plan. And that's part of the gaining of tools when you take on a challenge you go ahead and if you don't reach your goal and succeed like you wanted to, at least now you've got this huge amount of experience that is going to propel you forward in the next challenge that you have to take. Enough being said there, uh, reached out to Matt Rutherford, who also has a very, very cool podcast um, called Single-Handed Sailing, and he runs the Ocean Research Project. It's a uh, a child of his own. He, he developed it and everything uh, with, with a lot of help from other people. But that being said, doing plastics research, doing uh, climate sort of stuff up in the Arctic. And I think in a couple of weeks, he's going to wrap up and do the second half of a nanoplastics research project uh, on his boat in the Chesapeake Bay. And he and I were sort of noodling around the idea uh, more me than him because uh, he's very, very busy with all that sort of stuff. But I was always really interested in what it would take to go and kind of monitor and check out the South Atlantic garbage patch. Having sailed through it before and seen it with my own eyes, I was kind of curious how and what it would take to actually chart it out and map it and get some data collection down there and be able to bring that back and and you know, share it with the world because it's, 
You know, the South Atlantic, to me, is one of the more isolated um, oceans. I suppose the South Pacific would be as well, but there are quite a lot of little communities there. It's vast, but there are a lot of little countries and all that sort of stuff. And the Pacific as a whole, the North Pacific garbage patch is the worst. Um, we're still not sure about, I guess, the Indian Ocean one, which I would think would be pretty horrific just because of its location to massive populations. And the South Atlantic, to me, seemed like one that would be uh, not unscathed, but if it was as bad as most of the other ones, it would be a shocking sort of reality where... Uh, kind of just says that the whole ocean is a, a plastic soup in a way. And, you know, there's no sense in just guessing. And if I have the capability and the desire to go out and sail that route and actually complete the route that I wanted to do last year, which uh, was essentially the figure eight through the North and South Atlantic, I could go and, and spend two or so months sort of crisscrossing and data collecting and all that sort of stuff, as long as it didn't take a huge amount of scientific material and a huge, I, I was like, is this going to be out of my wheelhouse? And it sounds like it probably isn't. It sounds more or less like you're going to be dragging some nets at various depths and you might have some filter stuff because we might even dive into the nanoplastics and all that sort of stuff, but it's basically data collection and reporting back. And yeah, we'll have to sort of see. Again, these are just the the discussion, the spitball, the brainstorming sessions that we're having at this point. And for all these things to come together, it will take uh, quite a bit more work and and discussion and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, essentially for me, I would love to add that to that trip because I, if I can get the sales, I'm going to go on that trip anyway. I just want to go out. I want to have that nice four, five-month sale. I'm not going to leave for Maine this time because that's a little too far north, and I do not want to get back into that situation uh, again. I'm going to leave from further south. As far south as possibly uh, Florida, I don't, I don't really know, but I want to be able to jet out across the Atlantic, and I want to skip across along the southern edge of those low-pressure systems instead of getting walloped by them uh, while I try and cross the Gulf Stream. That didn't work out too well, did it, folks? No, it definitely did not. Made for a heck of a story, though, I'll tell you that much. So that was kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, I kind of think in my head, which, you know, <sighs> judge it as you will – um, I think that would be a really cool collaborative between, you know, North Sales and Outfitting Sparrow and then the Ocean Research Project and collecting the plastics data from the South Atlantic and then being able to spend all those months out there and get my fix, get my need. I want that. I want that sailing. I want that solo trip again. And then be able to come back, uh, you know, in better shape than than I have uh, since probably the trip around the world. And yeah, that's that's sort of the game plan. So that's sort of a one project that we're working on um, at this point. Starting next week, I have a series. Holy cow! In the month of March, right now, we're going to be doing. Let's see. I think it's three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different talks all over the place. And 
of definitely various types. Uh, I've got a couple of open to the public ones up here in Petoskey, Michigan, one at the de the district library. And that one is going to be, I think the district library is going to be on the 8th. And then the North Central Michigan College on the 7th. And then I've got another one that's a private one earlier. So that all starts next week. The following week, I'm flying to two corporate gigs. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so awesome. I go with the first one is in the Bahamas. Spend two days there. Second one's Cayman Islands. Spend two days there. And then we are off and running back to the old stomping grounds of the Bitter End Yacht Club on lovely Virgin Gorda in the British Virgin Islands. And I get to spend two weeks as the adventurer in residence. And essentially, I am a guest there who will also be sharing his experiences. So we're going to be doing presentations Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday um, each week for two weeks. And then we're also going to be doing clinics in the mornings. Uh, they've got a whole schedule slotted out, and they're going to start pushing all this stuff out on social media and everything. And, yeah, it should be a really good chance to hopefully meet tons of people not only share my story, but open the forum up for other people to share their sailing stories. Some of the kind of fun topics uh, as far as the clinics go, and I'm looking at one of the preliminary sheets right now, but uh, we're going to talk about past solo sailors, you know, the, the big wigs, the Vito Dumas, the Slocums, the Moticier. Um, we've got world cruising routes. We got heavy weather sailing. We got must-have gear. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. And then obviously we'll do a few few on the water uh, Hobie races and some bonfire seaside sailing stories. That's gonna be a good one because I know every sailor out there has some pretty incredible stories. And hopefully it will also translate into being able to get a few people on the podcast if we're not too, too busy down there. Uh, and that should be a lot of fun, but two weeks down there, I can't, I, I can't tell you it's, it's literally, I never would have thought. Cause when I was down there, we had quite a few people that would come down and we would do these weeks. We used to do women on the water. We used to do with, and that was with Pam wall. She's a circumnavigator, went with her family, all this stuff. Um, Lots of really cool people, and I never thought for one second that I would end up finally being one of them. But, hey, here it is. It's my chance. I'm going to have some fun down there. That's going to be kind of a low pressure because I'll be sort of on my home turf, and it's all for, you know, having fun. It's all good times at the bitter end. You can't, can't beat it. So if anybody's down there, uh, that's going to kick off, I believe, on the 18th of March is the first day where we'll actually start doing some of these things all the way until the I fly out on the 1st of April. And that'll be my march. And that's going to be crazy. I cannot wait. The only tough part has been trying to very rapidly get back into any semblance of shape that I used to be in. And after a year of being injured with my back and everything and not being able to exercise, not even being able to walk really more than a quarter mile at a time, yeah, let old, old J Rome let himself go a little bit. Yikes. Uh, but good news is at the peak of like 192 pounds or something like that, I am uh, just a shade under 179 or something at this point. And uh, my body has essentially been sore 
ah, ooh, it's sore right now from doing all sorts of calisthenics and the daily grind of uh, kicking myself in the butt until I get on the treadmill and then do some other stuff as well. So got to get the beach season. Uh, you know, I don't want to show up being like, you know, all these, all these people. I know, I know so many of them are going to be like, ah, what happened to you? You got fat. <laughs> I'm like, that was always kind of a running joke. Whenever I would go back to Bitter End, it was usually really pale uh, probably gained a little weight and boy, they call you out on that real fast down in the Caribbean, but they do it in a loving, loving way. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a battle, but it's been a good one because I, uh, I would much rather, you know, be able to do this and not do it in pain. It's, it's an amazing thing when you go through that much pain for that long. And then finally you do, figure out a way to get it fixed. Shout out Dr. Coleman up here, the chiropractor. He was a huge part of getting me to a point where I could start to do the fitness and do the regiments and the stretching and all that sort of stuff that needed to be done to strengthen everything back up and truly uh, get to a point where I am pain free. So not easily done, but well worth the energy. And then, yeah, essentially after that, we're I've got another talk in April uh, down in Florida and all sorts of stuff, but I'm pretty much back up to Michigan and working on boat restorations and things like that for a few months. But then come summertime, it's uh, essentially going to be get back to Sparrow and start spending every moment I can down there in the Carolinas in the heat, heat of the summer and get... Get Sparrow as fixed up and ready to sail as possible. And she's she's come a long way for sure. I was able to get some of the major projects done, if you recall, uh, ripping out the teak from the cockpit, uh, which involved removing the wind vane mongo, removing the boomkin. I was able to fix the boomkin, remove all the decks, fiberglass paint, all that stuff. I still need to ferret out a little bit and then do non-skid paint and kind of clean it all up. But the bare necessities of it are done. And that was a bull of a week. Holy cow. I was under the gun because it was in between talks and we only had this one little weather window to be able to do it. And it was like the day before it got real cold. So I wouldn't be able to paint and stuff. That was my last coat of paint, fired up the engine, winterized it all. And then I was out of there. So I did get a quick stop by, I think I mentioned it and Sparrow is doing well. So just uh, just in case anybody was worried. That was that was a while ago, though. So, um, I don't know. That was, gosh, when was that? Oh, yeah, that was on my way down to do the trip uh, with Mark and Steph. And, hey, uh, you know, side note on that one. I know I know that that audio was definitely really quiet. We were, I was in kind of a conundrum there. I wanted to make sure it was so cool that Steph wanted to join us on the pod, and I wanted to get a perspective from both of them. But, obviously, I only have two microphones and I figured, you know what, I'd rather do this than only get the perspective from one person. And we can't just move the mic back and forth because that that noise of the little arm would not be good. So, you know, I'm glad it's there. I know it's a little hard to hear. And I have gotten some great shout outs. People really liked the content there, but they definitely did not like the volume. I understand. And uh, I'm working on sort of fixing it. So or at least not putting myself in in sort of that position and figuring out a, a better way where we can do one-on-one, maybe half this, half that. I don't know. We'll just figure that out. But 
Yeah, essentially, um, that's kind of the update. Uh, after after the summer and after the work, again, I've got a few more talks going there. Hopefully, we'll have to see, I guess, the idea of trying to do another speaking tour in the fall is always really alluring. Because what I've found over these years, finally, is there's kind of a pattern. It's essentially... The early spring is a good time for presentations. People seem to, there's a bigger demand there. And then there's a big demand in the fall on the East Coast, especially. And people are wrapping up things and all that sort of stuff. But I really, really enjoyed the last one. It was a lot of fun, um, but it was on the East Coast. And I've always wanted to get out to the West Coast. And I'm kind of leaning towards trying to focus my energies on getting out there. It would be a bit different because essentially, you know, the costs incurred would be to fly out there, rent a car for like a month and be able to drive up and down. You know, I would think as far south as San Diego, as far north as Seattle, depending on how many things I can get booked and all that sort of stuff. But that might be kind of... Uh, what I'm aiming for and it's essentially the hard part is that needs to start like yesterday uh, the plotting and planning and reaching out and all that sort of stuff and right now I know that if I want to do a good job in March I need to focus on March so it's probably going to be one of those things where in April I start putting out all the feelers trying to see what I can maybe cook up as far as collaborating with maybe Randall Reeves if he's still on land uh he's out in San Francisco I believe try and work with some other connections out there and uh and possibly kick something off because by mid-October I essentially want to be provisioning Sparrow and getting ready to head out and that's the game plan and you know again there's a million different things that have to happen for all of this to actually come to fruition so I'm trying not to bank on any of it and make any crazy decisions like I'm not going to go and buy Starlink yet uh, <laughs> that has been a debate in my head and luckily I, I can still debate it back and forth, although I'm pretty sure it's going to be a must have, especially if we're doing the research and all that sort of stuff. Cause it would be nice to be able to keep putting out some more content from the ocean, uh, right there on the ocean, actually possibly be able to do like a live stream, you know, sundowner time sort of thing every once in a while from the ocean while I'm trying to reach the uh, garbage patch down there and and you know that trip's like 14,000 miles and I'll be out there long enough to grow a beard that's for sure so could be kind of cool and I think it would be worth it but boy it's like inviting the devil right onto your boat uh, the ability to look at something like like Instagram or you know YouTube or or any of that stuff. I don't have a Netflix account, but ugh, could you imagine? It just it's not. I feel like it would take away so much if you could not control yourself. If you, I feel like if I can if I can only create and upload, and I do not consume any of it, I will be able to be at one, be at peace with having Wi-Fi on Mighty Sparrow at sea. But boy, that's a big ask, especially when you're alone at sea 
for a long time, you get a little bored. And, you know, in the past, I've relied on audiobooks, regular books, podcasts, sitting and watching the waves and sky for hours at a time. That's what kind of gets your brain into the mode that I like to find that's so rare in our world today. And it's in a magical childlike state that boy, oh boy, if you find it and you have a way, a formula, if you will, of figuring out how to get back to it, grab hold. And the problem with Starlink is that uh, it would just be, it'd be there. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to sort of see. I'm uh, obviously still noodling that around, but the benefits of being able to come back to land and not have been disconnected for five months uh, as far as me at least sharing the experience with everybody would probably be pretty beneficial in the long run. So we will have to see from there. Other than that, this is kind of a shorter show, but I really just kind of wanted to do that that little update. Uh, we're feeling good. We're feeling charged. We're ready. Uh, we're headed into a big month, and I'm excited. It's been a great month. We had that awesome trip on the West Sail around the Little Bahama Bank. That was absolutely phenomenal, just what the doctor ordered. Uh, I have shout-out to Rob. He and I are going to attempt to sail a West Sail from Florida down to Puerto Rico in June. Uh, we'll have to see. That one's uh, a, a pretty far off. I guess a lot of work needs to be done on the boat, but we will hopefully be able to slot that baby right in and get out there for a nice little two-weeker and get that s safely down there. I mean, I know it's the beginning of the uh, hurricane season, but essentially, I mean, it's really early, early in there. I think if anything, one of the big, and I shouldn't even say it out loud, but one of the big issues will be, you know, not having enough wind to really get out there. But yeah, and now that I said it, we're probably going to run into some pretty heavy stuff. So Buckle up, Rob. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Thanks for the opportunity uh, and the trust in me, and I think it'll be absolutely fantastic. It's been it's been a uh, very eye-opening experience to hop aboard people's boats who are looking to gain experience and gain uh, knowledge, kind of kind of be able to really steepen the old learning curve by having me come down and join them. And, you know, it kind of definitely came in handy on the last one when the weather got kind of ugly and we, we really, you know, we're pretty much getting blown away from the Island and under more normal circumstances, it's pretty like, it's like a, a little unnerving and knowing that we had the forecast, knowing the chains, the winds were going to change. It was sort of one of those where you just, grind your teeth and take it until it changes. And then, uh, like, like a very, very, uh, smart man, Richard once told me the winds will always change. You just have to get to that point and I'll be seeing Richard pretty soon. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be pretty nice to remind him that I, I often use his little quote there because it's, uh, it's meant quite a bit to me for quite a long time and it comes in handy out there at sea. I think we're going to end on that one right there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the continued support. See you later, February. See you later, leap year. It'll be 2028, the next leap year, I think, if my math is correct. 25, 26. Yes. So 
Yes, I can add four. It's impressive, I know. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this day. I've got a lot of work to do on the old computer here, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be casual. And uh, yeah, hoping to add some stuff into this podcast. Oh, I did want to last thing, absolute last thing here. I have the opportunity to do some virtual podcasts with some pretty interesting sailors, some pretty interesting people, and I really want to take advantage of that. So I've been working with Jason Nellis, and he's guiding me through some better platforms where the audio quality will be very good, and I can actually just take the audio and then be able to upload that, and then also we'll be able to throw a a high quality video with audio onto YouTube. So I know I've always said I want to do these things in person, but essentially, you know, I, there is a point where it's kind of like, I really want to reach out and be able to talk to people that I can't get to in person. I think it will be well worth it. I'll denote them as a different sort of sector or different type of show. Uh, Cause I know right now we have the conversation shows, the interviews, we've got the solo shows. Now we've got the Patreon only shows. These are going to be sort of the virtual ones, but I'm desperately going to try to make sure we're going to try and do one. I think tomorrow, um, but I'm going to try my best to make sure the audio and visual quality mostly the audio is what i'm worried about because if the video doesn't look good i don't really care it doesn't have to go on youtube i am more concerned and more protective of this podcast than i think anything else because i really enjoy it and i'm glad that people enjoy it and i really appreciate all the shout outs and continued support so thank you very much enjoy your last day of february Woohoo!